Hello, my name is Rita Balligan and you are listening to the Big Picture Podcast, a podcast where we dive deep into the minds of creatives, business owners and people who are striving in their careers. With every successful person, there is more than what meets the eye. There is a story, a bigger picture. And every week, I'll be finding out what that is, the how, the why and when. Are you ready to be inspired? I am. Let's go. Hey everyone, it's Rita Balligan here and welcome to the third episode of my podcast. Super, super excited about my guest today. But before I get on to that, you know I said I was going to be, you know, having a word of the day and I'm quite proud of my of my word today. So I'm just going to tell you what my word is um, and breathe. I feel like I ran all the way here. Whew. Right. So my word of the day today is perspicace. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> We're going to go again. My word of the day is pers. Oh, my God. Perspicacious. Perspicacious. Look at that. Perspicacious. Have you ever known? Have you ever heard that word before? Perspicacious. And that basically means I'm going to read out the definition. So perspicacious is a similar is similar in meaning to shrewd and astute, but a sharp mind. So basically, in conclusion, it's someone that has good discernment. So if you were to use it in a sentence, you would just say, oh, yeah, you know, that guy, Tom, he yeah, he's really interesting. He's really perspicacious. There we go. <laughs> right. So my guest today is like amazing. I'm a huge, 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 huge fan. He is the co-founder of, I believe, one of the most exciting. Um, it's a multi-award winning barbering app that literally brings the barbershop to your doorstep. And I think that's awesome. And his name is Darren Tinkerang. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. Yes. I'm proud of you. Thank I'm you. I'm on the roll. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, Darren, for coming down. I imagine that you are like super, super busy. But yeah, thank you for coming down today to my show. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yay. Um, so like I say all the time, like this podcast is basically like a conversation. Mm-hmm. I just feel like a lot of people see people online or wherever and they kind of just assume that everything has just been super, super, super easy. Mm. So I like to have these conversations so people understand actually there's ups, there's downs. It's a journey. It so is. I guess we're going to start with the beginning of your journey and mm-hmm. let's just start from, yeah, how did it all begin? Like, who is Darren actually? Let's just start from Darren? there. <laughs> I, always, I always hate this question because it's like, where do you begin with it? But I'm just your regular, regular guy. Mm. I'm from I'm from Brixton. Um, yes, born South and London. South London. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like I ended up going to, um, in fact, funny story um so in primary school mm-hmm. um my mom found out that i might be dyslexic really yeah and, and how was what was her reaction her reaction was it's not real i'll pray about it same to me <laughs> that's why i asked like literally yeah, the same thing happened it's to not me. real i'll pray about it <laughs> yeah so i went throughout like i went throughout primary school and secondary school mm-hmm. um struggling to learn but I was always very, very academic. Okay. So I'm like, I'm good with my grades, but I had to teach myself like everything. Wow. Um, and I just didn't know what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So then I got to university, um, did a placement year working for like an insurance firm. And as a joke, my manager was like, you could be dyslexic. Cause I, I, what, I'd, what I'd complain about, like things moving around the screen and yeah, yeah. getting confused with numbers and mm-hmm. whatnot. He's like, yeah, you could be dyslexic. So I went back to university, got tested in my final mm-hmm. year. And then I found out that I was dyslexic, which was so annoying because wow. I could have got a free laptop. I could have got extra <laughs> money. I was just so jarred. Um But now, like, 
I don't know, after, after doing a lot of research on it, I'm actually quite proud of it. So anytime people ask me, like, who are you? Yeah. I always like to start off with, like, I'm dyslexic just because you got the likes of, like, Richard Branson yeah, and you've got, yeah, like, yeah. Silent Sugar, Rooney, Jamie Oliver. They're all oh, dyslexic yeah, and yeah. they're all doing bits. So I like to think that um, the way I think is slightly unique because of my So word. you're, like, yeah. in a sense, extra, extra intelligent and extra. I just feel like it's mm. not even a... It's, I know that sometimes when people say it, it's almost seen as, oh, there's something wrong. But mm. in a sense, it kind of does make you unique to think, I guess, different or mm, better. Mm, I don't know. My what perspective do do? on the world is just, just different. different. Yeah, yeah, that's super yeah. cool, though. So, um, Darren, who am I? Dyslexic guy from Brixton. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a techie, but I'm not technical, so I don't like develop apps or anything myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, man, I'm like football, music, R&B. All of, it. all of it yeah that's me that's me <laughs> so how did you go from obviously you said that you worked at um you worked um in an insurance broker mm-hmm. as an insurance broker for not insurance broker it's, it was called a catastrophe modeling assistant oh wow. yeah it, long name but it's like finance okay stuff. cool yeah. so how do we go from there to now developing an app and everything yeah. that you're doing now what was how did that come about <laughs> so for the first like Six months of working in the city, mm-hmm. I was gassed. I was like, yeah, in a suit, feeling dapper. <laughs> city boy. Uh, city boy. <laughs> um, and then after the first six months, um, it just dawned on me that this whole place, for me anyway, mm-hmm. was a bit grey. Okay. Um, I like to think of myself as a bit of like a creative soul. I'm, I'm not creative in the sense like I can't like draw and stuff, but mm-hmm. again, like I just like to think quite creatively all the time. Yeah. Um, and the city was just a bit too grey for me or a bit too like mundane. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Out of fear, if I'm going to be honest, I started my first business, which was Kecko. Okay. Um, and that failed within like three months. So what was yeah. that business? It was a personality algorithm oh. <laughs> that um, basically matches a student and a, a teacher. Um, and I use the term teacher like very loosely. So it could be like a guitar teacher or a driver instructor. Yeah. It could be like a math tutor, for example. Right. And my, my premise, based on my own experience, was you will learn better from someone that you enjoy or someone that you connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, uh, the execution was actually tra- like it was a shambles. It was bad. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> it sounds like a bad. really good idea, though. Maybe I was nineteen at the time when wow. I thought of it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the execution was bad. Like okay. spent a lot of money trying to make. So again, working in the city, I got my first bit of money like coming properly. Yeah. Um, ended up spending like five k as a as a nineteen year old wow. on this website. I had like two hundred pounds for marketing, wow. <laughs> and it flopped. It flopped <laughs> very quickly. Um, but again, like the reason why I actually created that business is because I was actually scared to go back into the city because okay. the way like my life was set up at that time, mm-hmm. like I'm very strategic. I like to reverse engineer everything. Mm-hmm. I reverse engineered everything to work in the city. So I was shook. Okay. I was like, whoa, I'm going to be here for the next 40 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to do something quick. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why the business failed because I wasn't passionate about it or anything. Yeah. It just something let me do something. Yeah. Do. Okay. And then what did you do next after that? And then after that... um went back to university for my final year mm-hmm. and I always had this idea to trim it so um, there's this like lie this this bogus story that I tell investors and then there's the real story yeah <laughs> and the, re- the real story is I was walking down the street going to my ex-girlfriend's house mm-hmm. and it just came to me it's so just uninspiring like <laughs> so uninspiring like there's no mad story just trim it came to me as wow. I was walking um, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian so yeah. I like to think that like God put it in my heart to um to actually execute on it and it just resonated with me so when i went back to university i ended up um entering a business competition mm-hmm. by then i'm broke again this 19 year old that spent all of his all of his peas yeah. um and cut a long story short i ended up winning um the business competition i ended up actually finding some of my um 
co-founders or the, some of the founding team actually in this business competition wow. fighting against me um, for the for the for the prize money. But um, yeah, yeah, so we ended up winning, got ten thousand pounds, and I suppose that gave me the confidence to actually just try and start it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so incredible. So literally, you're this guy like walking to your girlfriend's house and boom, it just comes to you. Just comes to me. And then that's it. So, I mean, I think I'm reading a book now actually called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And she talks about this, like mm -hmm. how an idea just kind of finds you. And then it's up to you to now decide whether you're going to execute it mm -hmm. or you're scared of that idea and you, you're like, no, 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 this mm -hmm. is too big. I'm not going to do it. So then how do you go from you've got this idea, it hasn't been done before. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like you can Google it and try and make comparisons to see mm -hmm. if it's going to work or if it's a good idea. I guess winning a competition was a sign that you were onto something mm -hmm. great. How do you go from that idea to now putting action to it? Um, again, this is where the whole reverse engineering thing comes in. Well, mm -hmm. like I had to just be really true to myself um, and understand the skills that I had yeah. and the skills that were needed to actually bring it into life. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was silly. So that whole summer, and this is to tell you about my personality, that whole summer, um, I ended up trying to learn how to code. Wow. So I coded like I coded the first like page of the app, mm -hmm. and um, I went to the coding society at my at my university, mm -hmm. and um, basically like I did this presentation to them, just being like, "Look, guys, I need some help. Like, can you help me um, code the app, or can you give me some tips on how to code, kind of thing?" Yeah. And um, one guy was like, he came up to me. This is now my CTO. Came mm -hmm. up to me and was just like, "The idea is sick." but the code that you have there trash <laughs> um, and he's like but I'll take care of it kind of thing um, and that's how I found like the technical side of the business so like wow. as much as um, we're this mobile barber shop there's actually a, a lot of tech behind the scenes yeah. that actually facilitates everything and he's the guy behind it wow. um, so yeah the first step for me was just like understanding the skills that I had um, and then going about putting myself in the right environments mm -hmm. or the right spheres of influences or yeah. whatnot um, and finding the people that can help bring this idea to life. Um, wow. So that was that the main point. So um, that's the hard part, though, finding mm. a team. So mm. we know that you've got yourself. Mm -hmm. Now you found the guy that's tech. You've obviously got a co-founder as well. Mm. So how did you you found a partner during the competition? Yeah. So the the co-founder. Um, th there is no co-founder. I'm actually the founder. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I thought but, there was co-founder. Yeah. No, it's fine. Um, mm -hmm. We have a founding team. Okay, cool. Um, and that's all of us. Like, so all of us came at different stages, and mm -hmm. I like to call like the core team now the founding team. Mm -hmm. But essentially, like, I'm I'm the founder. So, um, again, when talking to investors, a lot of the time I have to gas up and just be like, "Yeah, I got co-founder," because they don't actually like sole founders. Um, really? Yeah, Why no. is that? It's just because it comes across. I think it it comes across that like almost as if like not everyone is vested into it. But my found, mm -hmm. if I was to really talk about like co-founders, in that case, I have like six. Because wow. all the founding team, like that, like Nathan yesterday, yeah. um, he was working till three o'clock in the morning with the builders, converting the van, um, doing hard labour, and then he's up again at seven o'clock texting me. Wow. So um, you don't do that if you're an employee, exactly. in, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So because you, you see the vision, like you're yeah. passionate, you're as passionate about yeah. it, which is really, really important for like this kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. team is like because there's so many different. The one thing that I noticed when I first saw. Um, trim it on I think I saw it on Twitter mm -hmm. yeah I think it was on Twitter that I saw it was the branding mm -hmm. so before I even knew what it was the branding was just so bright and just so like it just stood out was that something mm -hmm. you were like particular about um, something that definitely I was particular about but that was spearheaded through um, Josh and Chi mm -hmm. so they are like our creative like directors um, and 
they've always had the vision in regards to what our brand is going to look like. Mm. They actually tell me a lot of the time to stay out of it (laughs) (laughs) because just as a typical founder, like sometimes you want to have control or um, over everything or oversight over over everything. And I just have to trust these guys because these guys are just far better than me. Um, Funny story is that that I was actually going to call Trim it Vim Trim. Terrible name. Absolutely, (laughs) it's so dead. Um, And Josh just completely changed it and was like, Darren, I respect you, but that is one again is trash. Vim trim. <laughs> I don't know why, you know. I don't, but I say, you know, I ain't got the skills. <laughs> I ain't got the skills to definitely do our branding or our creative. Um, but I do have the skills to find the right people to do it. So, no, but that is an amazing yeah. skill. Like that's something I definitely admire. The fact that you're able to say, do you know what? I'm not good at this, so I'm gonna get someone that's good at it. Mm. You meet a lot of people where they feel like it's my business, mm. I'm the first one to do it, I mm. need to be known as the first person to do it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this, I want people when they ask me to say, yeah, it was me that did this, I'm the one that did the branding, I'm the one that did the marketing, so it, it mm. kind of paints this picture of like, you know, like, oh, the business person, oh, it's so like intense, and mm. like, I do every single thing by myself, like, no one no one supports me, do you know what mm. I mean? It kind of builds that kind of picture. Yeah. So it is really refreshing to actually like, hear someone say, do you know what, I'm not good at the branding, <laughs> But I've got a sick branding team and mm. they know how to kind of bring the vision. 100%. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? So I think that's 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 amazing as well. So my other question is like, so, okay, you've got the, just to paint a picture, you've got the idea, mm-hmm. you've got the app. Obviously, it's a mobile barbershop. Mm-hmm. So now you're you're having to build a barbershop in a van. We've, we've skipped out like a good year. <laughs> we skipped out a good year because Trim actually initially started off um, not as a mobile barbershop, as a, a booking platform ah. so you can book your local barber mm-hmm. not to come to you but book into your local barber okay. but the problem is like, like we can go to the barber shop on a, like a friday or a saturday mm-hmm. and you're just you're waiting hours you're waiting like a good three hours and yeah i've never understood yeah i've never understood if it. arsenal's playing and then like <laughs> arsenal concedes a goal and the barber's an arsenal fan your fade might get messed up it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's all just crazy like in the barber shop mm-hmm. and my thing was just again bringing about efficiency i'm like yeah. really strong on on timing and like um I just really respect time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, that was the initial platform. And we, we at one point had over like 300 barbers on the platform. So mm-hmm. I think we were doing like 2,000 plus bookings a month. Wow. Um, but we didn't know how to make money from it at all. Okay. And on top of that as well, our barbers were just terrible. So a user on a daily basis, like multiple times a day, in fact, users would book an appointment, um, then call us up and just be like, look, I've come to the, I come to the barber shop and the barber's not there or I've come to the barber shop and he's still making me wait three hours or I've come what? to the barber shop and I don't know it's the, it's a different barbering oh and my I suppose when you have a bad experience with Uber you're not complaining at the driver you're complaining at the company yeah and our brand was just getting diminished literally day in day out wow. and I was this close to actually pulling the plug from Trimit. Wow. Um, so what made you not pull the tr- what made you not pull the plug yeah so there's this like group called 10x10 it's like an entrepreneurial um I would say support group for like black entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And um, I called my boy, um, Sate, just to, I was just, I needed an event. Yeah. Um, I actually say that he's the founder of Trimit because <laughs> if it wasn't for him, I would have actually pulled the plug. I wow. called my boy Sate and I was like, look, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had this idea to have a barbershop in the back of a van. I know it sounds crazy, but I want to be able to deliver, I want to be able to deliver haircuts to a, to a user, but keep the whole experience. And I was explaining it to him and he's just like, Darren, I'm not going to lie. It sounds mad, but you're the only mad person I know that's gonna try and do it. Yeah, so yeah. just do it. With the last fifteen grand I had in the bank, like, oh. um, we just we just tried, 
and then after that it just spread like wildfire like it was the first time we made money so we had like again we had these 2000 bookings but a month but they won't make it they won't generate any money for us but then we have this van and it's making money all of a sudden and Charlie Stuff starts using it and Sneakbow starts using it and like you have all these celebs that are using it and it's just like well you're onto something yeah yeah. something something is interesting wow that is Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. Like the fact that you went from wanting to just not do it at all mm. to now kind of still doing the same thing, but then in a, just changing it. Yeah. Do you think that's important as a business person to know when to when something's not working, to know how to kind of switch it up? Yeah, I think you just have to be like really real with yourself. Yeah. And um, one thing that's I've been saying a lot this month is that like I let the data do all the talking. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's important to have like a, you have your gut feeling and your hunch, but the data was suggesting to me that look Darren like despite the fact that you're making bookings and despite the fact that you have users yeah. you're not making any peace from yeah, this yeah, um, yeah. and there's only so long like we weren't paying ourselves had a team of like six people and they were pretty much doing it full time and it's just keeping them motivated as well yeah, so yeah. we needed to switch something up and um, I'm just really happy that we, we took the plunge yeah. yeah do you think it's important it's obviously very do you feel like it's important to have a support like a support group one thousand percent um obviously i have my friends my family mm-hmm. um but yeah having a support group of people that are going through the same thing as mm-hmm. you that you can just be real have a safe space as well yeah. um for me it was really important that this support group was a black support um for black entrepreneurs right. just because we were going through the same struggles like yeah. um and our our nuances and our and our certain like variations of our struggle um they're really unique to us and it's nice to be able to kind of express it um, in in a way that we wanted to yeah. and for it to just be calm. Do you yeah. ever feel like when you tell someone your idea, they're going to take it? Never. Okay. Never. I just feel like, one, you have to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then two, like, if you're going to take that idea, you have to be really, really passionate about it and just mm-hmm. be very tunnel vision. Yeah. And if you stake, like, again, if there were two trimmits, three trimmits, even four, five or six. Yeah. We're all still making peace. So it's true, true. <laughs> um, there's room for everyone. Yeah, there's actually room for everyone, but I, I doubt. Yeah, when I, I speak speak about it to everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when, because obviously, um, I saw maybe I think it's about two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, about investment that you uh-huh. guys had secured investment, and what I what came to mind was, so you've got your business, everything's mm-hmm. going well. What made you then decide, you know, actually? I need to get investment to mm. expand the business. Like, mm. what was that process like as well? Um, it's always been in our trajectory to raise investment, mm-hmm. um, but for me, basically, we we were max capacity. Like, we ha- literally couldn't make a booking, or there was never a day where we didn't have the van fully booked out, wow. and that was for like three, four months. Not even three, for like four, five months. Mm. Um, but we were still generating a loss, so we're still generating like it was like a thousand pounds lost every month they were making um not like incredible amounts of money Mm -hmm. but it just what it did show me is that one like for us to actually really be at really be successful um Mm -hmm. and be really comfortable we need about 10 of these vans five of these vans in fact if i'm going to give you a precise precise number um and for us to get to that stage we needed a bit of investment so that's that that was the decision making process or the thought process behind it mm-hmm. um and then i suppose i had to just go out and try and find this piece yeah so yeah. what was that process like because I, I know in your thread you spoke about how you know sometimes you were told no mm-hmm. um it just wasn't the most easy process mm-hmm. but 
people see it and they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get investment. Do you know what I mean? But I also I also feel like a lot of people don't actually understand what it means mm-hmm. to get investment and what the process is actually like. Mm. So from the first, um, so the first person that you said that you went to, like about the invest, the first step of the process mm-hmm. when you got your first no, how did you? Maybe actually, what did you have to do? What was mm-hmm. what's the process like? Just in case anyone's listening and they're thinking about it, but they just don't know where to start. Well, the first bit, like I get this, I get asked this, maybe even daily. Really? Um, yeah, it's since the tweet. Um, but basically, the first part of the process is actually to ensure that you have customers. Again, okay, let the yeah. data do the talking because I've come, I've I have a few people that have come up to me and it's like, oh, Darren, yeah, I've got this idea, um, and I think I need like two hundred thousand. And I'm like, bro, right now it's just an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can't actually go to any investors with mm-hmm. any ideas. Like, it's probably best, especially um, if you look like if you look like me, it's probably yeah. best to come with something a little bit more solid. Um, so you, so there's credibility already there. Right. Um, and then thereafter, like, you have to create like a pitch deck. It's all like really boring stuff. So you have to create a pitch deck. You have to create um, a one pager, which is literally like a page that summarizes your your business. Wow. Um, create all your financials so cash flow profit and loss all of that mm-hmm. boring stuff um, <laughs> but important but important nonetheless yeah. yeah so just get yourself like pitch ready mm-hmm. um, and then what what I did as a process is um, I actually got a list of all the investors that I wanted to speak to mm-hmm. so it's a list of like 200 um, on like almost like an Excel sheets Trello yeah and got like that email got um, people that I potentially know or like a second connection type thing yeah. that could potentially introduc- um, give me an introduction. Yeah. Um, and I just started trying to, I just started contacting them, wow. whether it be via, via email, whether it be, look, I know that um, they go to this tube station at this time, so what? I might bump into them. I was doing the most. Wow. <laughs> I was actually doing the most. But I was, I was, it's, it's part of the game. Like You have to be dedicated in it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So once I had the list of investors, I just started contacting them mm. um, and... There was a lot of no's. Yeah. Like, you're going to definitely get more no's unless you've got this company that essentially doesn't really need the investment, but yeah. you just want to raise money for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, you're going to get way more no's than the yes. is. Yeah. So when you got your first no, how mm-hmm. did that feel? Obviously, of making that effort of making this list and like mm-hmm. knowing that's what you wanted to do and then you get a no. Um, I, no way. I can't lie. Um, by this point, bear in mind, I had been doing it for like two years. Okay. Um, and I like to think I've got a very tough skin. So wow. I actually felt no way, no way. It was only after maybe like the 20th no. That's when I was like, rah, okay, what, do I have a What's dead business? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first no was actually calm, but the, the, the second, um, yeah, the 20th no, whatever, that one was a bit difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you get, how did you inspire yourself to be like, okay, this has been my 20th no, mm. but I still believe in this idea and I still think that we can get this investment. Mm. Um, there was two main things. One um, was the fact that we had customers. Mm-hmm. Like we, we didn't have users. There, there were people giving me cash. Yeah. So we were definitely creating value somewhere. Yeah. Um, and people loved us. Like the fact that we were fully booked, like that gave me confidence. Yeah. But then it was also my team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this thing within our team where, and it's supposed to be a little bit toxic, but um, <laughs> we always say like, we don't really care about the input. Mm-hmm. All we care about is the output. Mm-hmm. And those guys, um, their output is crazy. Uh, they always deliver and it was my job now to raise the money for not only Trimit but for the rest of the team Yeah. so there was that nice pressure mm. um, for me not to kind of disappoint 
myself, but more importantly, not to disappoint disappoint the yeah, team the because team. yeah, they've they've grinded for way too long yeah. for, for me to then flop at at this kind of pivotal milestone. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's I love that. Like mm. I, was, I just I knew I'm a fan. I'm like such a big fan because I just love the idea. I think it's funny because about five years ago, about five years ago, I was like, oh. I want to have a hairdresser and go to unis and literally like set up like with these mobile hairstylists mm. in uni and like do a, you know, um, have like a little hair salon in it. And I Googled it for like one day, I think. I was mm. like Googling the whole day. <laughs> I think I saw like vans that were like 15K. I said, you know what? This is not, nah, this <laughs> is long. long. It's not for me. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. And then that's when I, when I saw what you guys are doing, I was like, that is sick. It can, it can work. How do you stay motivated and motivate your team because you mm -hmm. you keep mentioning your team and the fact that you know sometimes you know in the beginning sometimes they weren't getting paid and mm -hmm. you know I know that sometimes with me as a business owner I sometimes do find it hard to kind of keep them motivated mm -hmm. or keep them knowing that listen it may look like this now but this is where we're going so if you just hang on mm -hmm. like we're gonna win together like mm -hmm. how do you do that um I just I suppose for me um it's just through like having really good communication mm -hmm. um I feel like the t the word team is almost um an understatement for them because yeah. these guys are my family yeah so um when we have because we have that bond yeah. keeping them motivated was never really like too much of an issue okay. um just because we all shared like the same vision. Mm -hmm. we, we all knew where we wanted to go. We had this thing like where we're gonna be dressed in all white in the Bahamas, like yeah. busting joke. Like, <laughs> but, like we all have this dream, and um, keeping them motivated wasn't too difficult. I think the difficult bit for me was, and these guys don't even know. So if they end up hearing this, they'll yeah. find out now. Was <laughs> I've actually always had to be like Superman for them. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you. They'll tell you like, you will never catch me too emotional. Um, yeah. And I'm always like, I always try and be very logical and practical with my steps. Yeah. Um, so if anything, there's a thousand downs, but you'll never catch me like just burning under pressure. Yeah, yeah. It's when the doors are closed <laughs> is when I'm like, oh God, <laughs> like this <laughs> one is a bit crazy. Like, yeah, and yeah. Um, again, having this entrepreneurial um, support group is where I can kind of let loose and I don't have to put on that front where I am Superman. Yeah. Um, I can just be a real normal human being with yeah, insecurities, yeah. with fears and all that yeah. type of jazz. But with to them, you, they'll think that everything is always fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though I, I, I'm burning. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, what are we gonna do? Like, what are we gonna do? Yeah. Did you celebrate after you guys actually finally reached um, the? How much was how much investment did you guys? Um, Two hundred twenty-five thousand. Yeah. You must have been. Yeah, we elated. Yeah, no, I was happy. Um, but but <laughs> I was I was I was thinking, should I tell the story? But fair fair enough, I will tell the story. Okay. Yeah. So. Basically, yes, we had a little celebration in the office mm -hmm. um, and Nathan cried, it was bad jokes. Um, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, <so> <laughs> yeah, Nathan was crying. Um, and I suppose throughout the whole process, it was still work for me. So even the celebration was work for me because I'm the one that brought everyone over, like, yeah. there and it's like, um, I just didn't really deep how much money we had raised and yeah. what position actually puts us in. Yeah. Until like a week later, mm -hmm. I was on the 415 bus, I was on the upper deck by myself, yeah. yeah. And I was listening to one song, I think it was um, a song by Marvin Sapp, You're God Alone, yeah? Mm -hmm. so I was oh, listening to that, yeah. Mm, beautiful song. <laughs> it was a good song still. Mm -hmm. um, and all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, I started bawling. I started bawling. Wow. I just didn't understand. Like, and I haven't cried for like seven years. Wow. <laughs> so I started crying and I was just like, whoa, like, this thing's actually real. Yeah. This is actually real. But until then, 
I never process anything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it. Was at that point that's where I realized that well, like we've done something that's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool is an understatement. Yeah. Like what you guys have done is incredible, you know. Mm. And I just love, I just love how unselfish mm. you are. Like I love the the team aspect of it and mm. how it's something that you you've all like played a part in different mm. in different ways. And I just I just find it amazing. Um, do you feel like now there's a lot of pressure because obviously it doesn't stop? You know, yeah. like I said, like people think, okay, got the investment now. It's all good. Like I've, I've I've done it, you know. But now is when even more work mm, begins. Mm, you know, mm. do you feel like that? That now, okay, you've got it. Now you have to like execute the things that you wanted to. One one thousand percent. So now, um, there's been a little bit of a shift. It sounds weird, but I never had to answer to anybody. Mm. Um, now I, I actually have to answer to yeah. investors and just make sure that their their investment is secure. Yeah. Um, and we're we're executing according to the plan that I gave them. Yeah. So yeah, there is there is that pressure. Um, and something that I've been having not that I have to deal with it but again it's a shift in kind of your your mindset yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah. Um, so yeah yeah. Huh. okay what would you what advice would you give to someone that they wanted to maybe get into tech or mm. get into like business or anything along their lines um, when it comes into getting into tech I think it's really important that um, you surround yourself with people that either have the same skills or are, are motivated or um, want to be in that same environment mm. because the tech industry is not that it's hard to break into but that there, there are little like groups of people mm-hmm. um, I'd like to think that within the tech scene in London yeah. um, especially within like b- black entrepreneurs I know everyone like I literally know everyone um, and breaking into those like little circles is, is pretty cool and is, is yeah. really really useful um, for like a for someone that is a, a new entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I like to think of, my, of myself as a new entrepreneur. Yeah. One thing that I really clocked this year is that um, everybody wants to give you advice. <laughs> Literally, everybody wants to give you advice, and there's a load of like really good advice out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just always remember that when it comes to your business, um, you are the master of your own context, mm. um, and no one will fully understand your context like you do. So, chances are your decision and your yeah. logic actually trumps anybody's advice yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just be confident in that so that's yeah. that's a little bit of advice i'd give to someone mm. what's the best advice you've actually been given um best advice just how you know i've had really shit advice <laughs> <laughs> um best advice i actually can't think of one right now to be honest yeah i actually can't think of one and but like, when it comes to me really, i'll tell you he looks like he's really <laughs> thinking proper, as proper well thinking, but uh, yeah you yeah. literally can't think of the best advice that you've been given. No, I actually can't. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was just go and do it. Yeah, yeah which is the best yeah. advice, yeah. you know, because you do, like I said, you get, I can't, I can't even begin to tell you like the amount of ideas mm. that I have had. Like, seriously, I will just wake up one day, I'm like, oh, oh. my God, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, I want to build this kind of app. I want to do this. And then, then it's like, I just don't know where to mm-hmm. even begin mm-hmm. do you know what I mean it just seems so massive I'm like okay where do I start like I have no idea where to even do mm-hmm. you know what I mean begin so having that advice for someone to say to you just do it is the mm-hmm. best advice because Literally. ultimately that's what you have to do you just mm-hmm. have to do it and just you just figure it out mm-hmm. along the way um so I keep saying that I've had a lot of L's this year like this year for me has just been crazy like mm-hmm. I feel like everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong i it's just been mad. Um, 
But I feel like everything that's happened has given me more clarity mm. like about my business. Um, it's shown me like more about myself, um, the things that I do that are good, my strengths, my weaknesses, and all of that jazz. Have you experienced, obviously I'm sure you have, <laughs> during this process, like something that's just happened where it's like, it seemed like a major L, but then mm. it turned out to be a win because you learned something that's helped you kind of like get to a new level. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna name any names, but basically we hired um, our, our first mobile barber mm -hmm. and he was absolutely terrible. Really? <laughs> he was just what so bad. What did he bad. do, what happened? Uh, there's so much um, from being late. I think one of our things was the guy was um, about like 45 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we wanted an experienced barber because we needed the trims to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I think for me, um, what it was is I was this 24 year old, mm -hmm. 23 at the time in fact, yeah. um, 24 year old, trying to tell a 45 year old um, what to do. Yeah. Um, he was African as well. So mm -hmm. like, you know, within the yeah, culture, like it's yeah. just like what small boy trying small to tell boy, me. Small boy, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, so that created a lot of friction. Um, he was, yeah, the customer service was bad, late to customers. Um, and it's just very, very difficult to, you can't, you can't teach an old dog new skills. Is yeah, that, yeah, is that yeah. new tricks, I think, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was he was really bad, and everything that could have gone wrong, like literally everything that could have gone wrong, went wrong. But yeah. the great thing about it was, we then built a process mm. for everything that could go wrong. Mm. So when we had the 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 second the, the barber after him, yeah, smooth, wow. like just so so smooth. And he was younger guy, so it was like this tw twenty four year old now, okay. um, and he just understood it. It was just so yeah. it was just so easy, and yeah. because the process was there for him, like. It made us look better as well mm -hmm. and more attractive to work for and yeah, yeah, yeah. we've now got him and he's been with us for almost a year now and wow. it's just like and he's very happy kind of thing yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah major l was bringing the wrong person to the team um and not properly vetting the, vetting the mm. barbers and i think it's testament like whenever you are doing anything and um whenever you are setting up a business and bringing someone on board yeah. they just you just need to click um and if From that doesn't happen yeah, yeah then yeah, I've experienced that as well of just hiring someone. I've experienced two ends of the stick, like hiring someone because I like their personality, mm -hmm. but they didn't have the skills. Mm. But I just thought, oh, you know, you can figure it out. And that just turned into just a mess, you mm. know, because they, yeah, they had a great personality, but they were messing up yeah. clients and all of that stuff. And then I've had the other end of it where I didn't really like them. Mm -hmm. You know, even in the interview, I wasn't a hundred percent. Like mm -hmm. my gut instinct was saying to me that it mm -hmm. really maybe isn't gonna work. But then I thought oh, they've got the skills, mm -hmm. so they should be able to do it. And it turned out I remember like this person was like literally telling my staff like I can do a better job than Rita. Like I don't, I don't think oh, she no. really knows what she's doing. You know, and like I just, I just don't get it. Like what is she actually doing? I can be better. And I just thought, and the thing is, because I'm nice to my staff, mm. they told me. Mm. And I was just like, man, I was being nice. I was being cool with you. And now you feel like you can do my job better than me, yeah, you know? And respect. ultimately, when everyone says that, but when they're, at, when they're actually in your position, they, they can't, mm. you know? Like everyone has the skills that they bring to the table, you mm. know? So um, yeah, I can imagine <laughs> that happening, but at least, yeah, you learned those lessons and it turned into a win. Yeah, so for real. That's amazing. So I guess you must be very excited about the new year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2019 is going to be crazy. Yeah. Crazy, especially with what we're doing now and like the amount of traction that we've got now. Um, yeah. 
I'm just really excited about what 2000, 2000 I said this yesterday in fact that I believe that 2018 was like my year and a lot of people around me in fact because um, it's weird I'm not the only one that's raised investment yeah. and raising investment is not actually that big a deal but when I'm seeing no all, it's a big deal nah, it's a big deal yeah. there's some people who have tried to raise investment and they haven't yeah that's true do you know what I mean like they legit they haven't done it so for you to raise investment I do think it's a you're being nice and humble and that's cool <laughs> so I will be the one to you're, pick you're you right, up man. like right. it's it's a great thing like because not everyone can do it and not mm. everyone can go make a list of 200 people and keep emailing people and know mm. to do that a lot mm. of people think it's going to fall on their lap as to be honest I thought it was like a website you go on and there's just loads of investors there and you just tick like oh okay this person this person that person da, 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 da. but yeah. you really did your research so yeah but anyway, yeah. carry on what you're saying. <laughs> Mad because I kind of forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was saying, I was saying like um, a lot of people around me like they've raised investment and they're doing bits, and I can see their business like on to on the trajectory to like blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I truly believe that 2018, sorry, 19, 18, sorry, it was um, the year of just building the foundation mm-hmm. and the process. Yeah. And 2019 is where we're going to see a, like a lot of growth. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'm just really excited. Yeah. That's, that's my prediction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll look back. No, but I actually think you're right, to be honest. I think next year is going to be a very, very, very good year for a lot of people. Even mm. if this year wasn't that great, if mm. anyone's listening, you didn't have a great year, <laughs> it just means that next year is going to be better. If you did have a great year, then it's going to be even greater mm. next year as well. So um, I guess that's everything that I wanted to ask. I don't think I have any more questions. I feel like you've just like shared everything. Yeah. That literally. So <laughs> that's it. It's a wrap. Perfect. So thank you so much for coming out. Nah, thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you.